And we are already at week seven of the Kerrville Small Business Network podcast. Mike Taylor here along with John Barrera. And we have a very special guest in the studio today for week seven. Now we're going to round this out at, at eight weeks for the first season. And then we're going to kick off the second season starting in January. So we're all booked out for this year. But starting in January, we, if you'd like to be on the podcast, you can just uh, reach out to John Barrera or myself. And uh, yeah, so uh, I we, can't believe it's been seven weeks, man. Already. Yeah, for sure. So we have James and Joyce Pierce in the studio. Go ahead and tell us what your business is and a little bit about your business, James. Okay. Well, we're a chef for hire based out of Kerrville here. Um, we do a lot of caterings. Um, I have a lot of I like to do farm to table. I've been a chef for about 34 years. I've worked the gamut from backstage catering and owning my own barbecue restaurant to here in town, working for some local businesses here in town as their executive chef for a couple of years. Oh, that's awesome. Um, in 2016, I decided, you know, I really need to do this for our family. Um, I'm getting old. 34 years in this industry will take its toll on anyone. So, yeah. I decided it's time to make money for us instead of making money for everyone else. Not that there's wrong with other businesses. I love them all. And it's um, also a good way to learn, too. Yeah, and it's yeah. always a good thing to take my wife out and me not have to cook, which works out really <laughs> well. So, um, you know, I just I kind of bit down, the, bit the bullet, and I worked for a, a business here in town until um, July of last year or the year before? The year before. The year before. And then I just went full-time into my my chef business um at this point we were really looking forward to 2020 um we exploded in uh the end of 2019 and i was booked out march through may and then wow. covid hit yeah and when covid hit I, you know i had to scramble and figure out how i was going to feed my family and i started doing a weekly menu here in kerrville and and fortunately i i have a following here in kerrville where you know i have really good clients and just by doing that weekly menu we were able to survive and and get through obviously it wasn't what we had booked out but it was definitely enough for us to take care of ourselves and our family and pay our bills and and that's really all we need we're simple we don't need a whole lot so when you say booked out are, is it private events is it uh, it was it was private events it was weddings um i had a bunch of weddings cancel on me because their venues canceled on them and and you know the restrictions came down for COVID of you can't have groups over 10 and so on and so forth so i do a lot of private events um i'm starting to get back into the booking of those uh i was on the phone this morning with clients about a wedding in april so I'm, I'm getting back to where I was, but in order to get there, we've had to sacrifice a lot and do a lot. And, and, you know, I like to use a lot of the companies here in town. Um, I'm familiar with a lot of the other small businesses and, and you I, can shout them out if you want yeah, to. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Wahoo seafood, Scott's a great guy. A girl can green Kara makes amazing microgreens. I'm a big microgreen guy. And then of course, Mikey's garden, when I was the executive chef of the restaurant here in town, I used a lot of Mikey's garden and you know, it was a great thing. I was at grape juice for two and a half years and I love Pat and Carrie with all my heart. They're great people. But I just knew at that point that it was time for us to move on and do something for us. And that's kind of where we're at with it. So there's nothing wrong with being an entrepreneur. Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, it, yeah. it just comes down to, you know, I want to be able to leave something for my kids and yeah. something that I built and, 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 you know, use my knowledge for what I went to school back in way back in 96 for, and, and I actually use it for myself instead of, you know, helping everybody else survive kind of thing. 
at a certain point, you got to focus on making your dreams come true Absolutely. instead of making somebody else's dreams come true Absolutely. and being a small part of their system. And I would think any other entrepreneur out there would understand that. Yeah. You know, I'm maybe not somebody that, that has never been an entrepreneur, but right. I mean, there's a freedom that you get from that. And there's also a lot of accountability that comes with that too. Absolutely. Big price to pay. Very scary too. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it has been very scary. You know, um, I brought my wife in, she's never been in this industry. Um, so I brought her into grape juice over there and she worked with me for about a year and could see the, how I am when I'm a chef mode, which is completely different than when I'm just hanging out with my wife mode. But, um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a hard industry and it's been hit really hard by COVID. And, um, it's just amazing to me to see the small businesses pull through the way they have. And, yeah, you know, yeah. and that comes down to, we have a great community. We have a community that wants to see these businesses survive and then they'll do whatever it takes to make them survive with, you know, within the rules and the parameters that have been set down by COVID. So I think that, you know, we're coming out of it, but I'm a little scared that the numbers are on the rise again and we don't know what's going to happen. So at this point, I'm just booking as much as I can book and doing what I can do and, and making sure we survive, you know, during the day I have actually been doing something that's completely out of my spectrum and, and helping a small business here in town rebuild houses, you know, because i need to take care of my family and that's what we got to do hey you got to do what you got to do okay joyce so uh james was talking about how that he's seen you you know not not in the way that you usually usually see him where he's hanging out and stuff but when he's in chef mode so describe to us what james is like when he's in chef mode well he's completely different than my husband at home (laughs) it's um way different having to work for your husband you know to not get your feelings hurt when things get in the crunch yeah because there's it's a, been a there's huge a time learning, crunch. huge learning experience yeah. for me as to have a relationship with my husband at work or not at work, and then running our own business has been even different than that. So for anybody out there that's thinking about working with their spouse, I mean, how do how do y'all manage that? A lot of love, you know, <laughs> a lot I, of love, a lot of understanding. She, she has a way of calming me, so that's good. Yeah, with that her, helps a lot. you know, it's. A lot of times I've, I've learned to bite my tongue and not be as aggressive as I used to be. I was yeah. trained old school. You know, I graduated from, from chef school in 96. I'm a 90 chef. You know, I worked for chefs that would throw pans at you and scream in your face and they didn't care if they hurt your feelings because it was about them and their job. And, mm-hmm. and that's yeah, the way make it was. Sure you get, and, oh yeah. to get the food out and it has right. to be perfect. And then yeah. learning from that, you know, I worked in four star, four diamonds and the stress of those businesses are just so I don't even know how to explain it. It's just so enormous that it's, it's, you know, it, it takes its toll. And at the level that you're at, when you get to those levels, you have to be that guy and you have to yell and you have to scream and you have to get your point across. And unfortunately, you know, she's taught me a better way to do that. I can get my point across now without having to throw a pan at you kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. And I'm older, so I've mellowed out and I've understood that, you know, I didn't like it when people treated me this way and and talked to me this way. So maybe I should tone it down and figure out a better way to deal with the circumstances instead of freaking out in the middle of service. I can look at him with a certain look that gives him an understanding of, okay, a little overboard, you know, and he'll, he'll take it back down. Okay. Okay. I I take it from her. It's also given me a whole new respect for what he does. I bet. Yeah, absolutely. And tell us about that. 
it just I never understood being in that part of the business. I mean, I've worked in restaurants before and, you know, I've worked with people, but to be in the kitchen during a crunch on a Friday or Saturday night in on a high end restaurant on the line on the and line, everything yeah. has to be perfect. And I didn't understand that him as an executive chef, you know, he has to pay attention to what he's doing as well as what I'm doing on a garmage station, as well as what the dishwasher, if they have everything right, he's got to make sure everybody in there has everything right where it's going to be, or it's going to fall back on him. It's kind of an art form, isn't it? It is definitely an art it form. It is. It's, um, you know, I, one of my favorite sayings is I see everything. And when I'm in a kitchen situation and, and you know, I have a lot of old people that have worked with me that will tell you the same thing. I am aware of everything that's going on and I have to be because yeah. there's so many components to a menu, not just a station that I'm working and I'm a full on online chef. I'm not the guy that stands on the other side of the pass and screams at you like Gordon Ramsay. Like, you know, if, if, I need to be on that line. I'm on that line. That's just the way I am. And it's because ultimately it is my name, you know? Yeah, so it is. Yeah. I make sure that the garnishes are correct, that the plates are wiped and all of that stuff from this side of the past before it ever reaches my expediter. And, and, you know, she would, her especially would be like, how do you even know where I'm at? And I'm like, because I have to know that's what they pay. I have to know where I'm at, where they're at, where the dishwasher's at, where you're at, what's going on at all times. Cause there's 12 tickets hanging. Absolutely. Um, chef for hire. What, what is the difference? What, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up and what is the difference between your product, your final meal and somebody else going to say, you know, going to Luby's Cracker Barrel or just going and getting a turkey. And well, you know, I, I would say the difference is this. Luby's and Cracker Barrel and those places are corporate places. And and exactly, they yeah. make good food. Don't get me wrong. My mother's favorite restaurant to this day is Cracker Barrel. She loves it. But I am a Texas born and bred chef. And I have ran the gamut from, you know, barbecue restaurants all the way up to four-star, four-diamond restaurants. So... I love what I do. My food is an art and everything is made from scratch in our home kitchen and or our commercial kitchen that we use here in Kerrville. And we also have one in Stonewall that we utilize. So there's, you know, I do a lot of caterings in Fredericksburg and things like that. And, and I like to play with food. I can tell you this much when it comes down to my dressing hands down, it's my grandmother's recipe mm. and there's no way you're going to beat it unless you're using your grandmother's recipe. So you know, it's a, a thing with me is, is I believe that food is an extension of your soul. And if you put as much love and care into the dish that you make, then it shines through when your customer eats it. Absolutely. What does your menu look like this Thanksgiving season? Oh, well, man, I got a big menu. I'm doing turkey six different ways <laughs> this year. And it's, it's crazy because the day before Thanksgiving, I'm so busy. I don't know even how we're going to be in. 50 places at once but um it's 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 a nice menu this year i came out with a traditional herb turkey i've got a smoked turkey i've got a cajun deep fried turkey and then i've got your traditional stuffed turkey your traditional cajun stuffed turkey an oyster stuffed turkey i'm doing you know family size of cornbread dressing which is grandma's recipe cajun stuffing mm. for the cajun turkeys which is my recipe because I'm an East Texas boy, so I like a little bit of heat. All and right, everything I there cook. you go. Yeah, and then you know oyster stuffing, which is just your classic oyster stuffing. Um, I love it. 
I love oysters. Some pe- It's not for some people. That's why I gave them the other two options. And then we're doing sides as well. We've got mashed potatoes and bacon, garlic, green beans, and, you know, whole pies, which is, that's my baker's responsibility. All right. Yes, I'm definitely the baker's family. <laughs> and then we're also doing hams. So we've, you know, I've got the gamut ran out on that. Um, I think that, you know, I, I kind of step, I do some things traditional because it's what everybody expects on Thanksgiving. But I like a little bit of flair in my life, too. And, you know, those deep yeah. fried Cajun turkeys and my Cajun mm-hmm. stuffing that's made with shrimp and, and boudin and andouille sausage will take Thanksgiving to a whole nother level. <laughs> I mean, literally it will. And it's just, it's a matter of a situation of, I don't want to be the guy that does everything the way everyone else does. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to be able to put my spin on things and let people taste a part of me instead of just a part of Thanksgiving. Right. Instead of cookie cutter. Right. Yeah. That's what separates you from. That's what I'm hoping separates me. It's, you know, it. I, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears have gone into this industry for me over 34 years. 34 years I've been doing this. I'm 48 years old. My very first cook job, I was 14 years old at a truck stop in Huntsville, Texas. And I learned how to cook eggs. That's cool. And yeah. within a week of me learning how to cook eggs, I was making as much money as cooks that had been there for two or three years because they couldn't cook eggs. They couldn't flip and them. This old, this old gentleman that was their main egg cooks, like, hey, if you can just learn how to cook these eggs, and you'll make more money than everybody else. That's how he talked. It was <laughs> yeah. funny. This is, I mean, this is the early eighties. That's this, awesome. It was yeah. like Mel's Diner. This guy was huge, and he had to have some voices out of his for mouth, us on Mike you know? FM. <laughs> he had a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, and was flipping eggs with a cigarette in his mouth in the kitchen. I'm just like, what is going on right now? That that was the the old days. Yeah, it was like 1982, you know. And and then I went from there to Arizona. And when I was in Arizona, I did some research on cooking schools. I'd gone into a little bit more high-end dinner cooking at that point. And uh, I found Scottsdale Culinary Institute, which was ranked fourth in the nation the year that I graduated. And it was a great school. I went in there knowing a lot of the stuff that they teach you, but I learned a lot too. And through doing that and being able to take what I'd already learned and kind of take, you know, grandma and mom's recipes and mix them with classic French cuisine and, you know, Spanish cuisine and things like that and create something new was amazing to me. It, it, it gave me a reason to do something besides just, your normal fried pork chop that grandma gave you, yep. you know, so. Well, I don't know if you're booked up for Thanksgiving or not, but how does somebody get a hold of you? Uh, they can get a hold of me. Well, my phone number is 830-496-1466. That's also our business number. Okay. You can find me on Facebook um, for Chef for Hire. And then also I have a web page, which is Chef for Hire slash VigilanteVittles.com. Okay. And uh, what's a question that, that you know, you knew you were coming to a podcast. What's something that we didn't ask you that you wish we would have asked you that you wanted us to ask you? Um, you want the public to know about. I guess, you know, I, I get what everybody's going through right now. This is a really hard time. Um, but I'm the type person that feels like I need to live my life. And I need to take care of the people that love me and support me. And, you know, I can, 
I understand the precautions of COVID-19 and I get the fact that we all need to wear a mask and we need to social distance and we need to take care of, you know, the, the general public and people around us. But I also feel like we can't just stop. We can't just quit living who we are and no. doing what we do, you know? And I heard a radio commercial yesterday about they're saying that, you know, you shouldn't spend Thanksgiving with anyone, but your immediate household. And to me, it's almost like taking away the family of freedom, mm -hmm. you know, the freedom of family. And it, I just can't imagine ever living in a world where I can't go to my mom's house for Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's just, it doesn't make sense to me. Fear it, it, of whatever. Right. Right. You know, and, and, you know, and in all honesty, I was raised to believe that you shouldn't live your life by fear. Anything can happen to you. Nobody is yeah. promised tomorrow. You can That's walk right. outside this morning and stretch wrong and pop some artery in your neck. You, you mm -hmm. don't know. So it's, I, I feel like we should live every day. Like it's our last and it's, it's, you know, we have to show the people that we love them and that we're not afraid of whatever it may be and, and just be there. Um, I think family is one of the most important things in your life. And if you don't love and, and nourish and take care of your family and your family does the same for you, then you miss out on a major point in life. And I just feel like, you know, now's the time more than ever that we need to be more, you know, of a solidary kind of a country where we're, you know, you don't shun somebody because they sneeze. I, I was walking through H-E-B the other day and we were all wearing masks. Well, the majority of us were wearing masks <laughs> and a lady that had a mask on sneezed and just the looks of the people around her, it, it hurt my heart. It was like, nobody yeah. said, mm -hmm. bless you. Nobody, you know, and that's to me, that's goes against everything I was raised by. Like if somebody sneezes, you bless them. That's just, the way it is, it's just what you do. And, and in there, they were just giving her looks of anger and hate. And I'm like, she sneezed. Yeah, it's not you. like she can help it. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Bless you. I'm yeah. I sneezed in a, in a, in a, uh, tool store right when this first started. And man, you should have seen the looks that I got from everybody. I was laughing. It's just not I okay. Like I mean, <laughs> You know, I, mean, it, I understand it. It's a real fear. I it get is. it. There's a lot of people that have caught this that have not come back. My mother had two roommates that both died from COVID. One oh, of them died man. from COVID. One of them had recovered but died from complications of COVID. So I know how real. I see how yeah. real it is. But it still is not going to make me not go see my mom. I mean, we still all have to live. Yeah. yeah. We still have. We, we really. We have lives. And, and we can't. We can't just hide right we can't bury our heads under the sand and wait for right. us to go away we still have families to support we still have bills to pay uh we still have lives to live right and we're only guaranteed us we're not even guaranteed a certain amount of time mm -hmm. I, I mean we only get the time that we're here and we need i agree with you man we need to leave it to the to the you fullest. gotta make the best of what you get yeah. we appreciate what y'all are doing here with the podcast as well thanks, thanks. i mean y'all are really helping hold the community together because you know a lot of people will forget about the small businesses yeah, yeah because need, they don't get out and drive down the road and see your sign or see your advertisement you know they're at home because they're scared yeah and y'all doing this need is wonderful to, need to need to prosper right now that's that's how we keep our community going right and you, you know, know and, and and i get their concerns and i understand the restrictions to an extent but 
you know, when they shut down the restaurants and they shut down the bars for 90 days, it hurts people. What are those people mm-hmm. supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you no, know, not only hurts like, the, the owners, it hurts the employees. Yeah, you know, the the people that that go that frequent the bars, they're used to doing that. Now they have to change their life, you know, and that's that's usually a way that they probably cope with things is to right. have some some social interaction with other people. Yeah, right. All you know, and now they're now all of a sudden if they're alone and they have to be trapped by themselves somewhere. I mean, and this time of the year, especially, you know, in, in prison, solitary confinement is the worst place you can be. Right. Well, what about what we're doing out here exactly. in, in the you rest know, of the world? I mean, it was it was cool to have to be locked in my house with my wife for a couple for, for a, a month, couple days. You know? <laughs> I, I get it. I, I was okay with it. Hey, but, man, we had five five kids for five months, oh, and the bills man. just keep coming. They do, you know, yeah. uh, you know, and it's you can't expect people, and, and then they go, well, you know, unemployment, unemployment, unemployment. Well. Who's paying that for that? system drains too, you know? Like, You're also I mean, going to have to pay taxes on that absolutely. as well. It's just, yeah. it comes down to a point of, you know, unemployment was great, don't get me wrong, but there comes a time when, you know, like myself, for example, I'm virile. I want to get out and make my money. I don't yeah. want to sit there, even though I know for over 34 years, I paid in a little bit of share yeah. that I took when all this first began, but that's not the point. No. The point is I'd rather be out working and it comes down to... Just like, you know, we got to make it. When this all first happened, I, I do brunches at a bar in Fredericksburg called Pioneer. Great people. Um, they also own Coaches Catering. They're amazing people out there in, in Fredericksburg. And we were doing brunches every Sunday. And it was great, man. It was picking up. We had live music every Sunday. I have a lot of... My nephew is a sax player in a band here in, in Vanishing Bees here in Kerrville. Oh, cool. Yeah. So... um you know, he's the sax player for that band. He's also a sax player in like four other bands. And, you know, so we have a stage in our front yard. We do house concerts and we all got shut down. You know, I lost my thing there and Pioneer. I lost all my caterings. The bands lost all their gigs. The bartenders lost all their so work. Many people. The waitresses, yeah. the cooks, everybody lost everything. And, you know, the week that it happened, the Friday that they shut everything down, um, we all lost our job the same day, so we had musicians come to our house and play on the stage in our front yard, and all the bartenders that we worked with, and all the cooks that we worked with, and we threw an APOC party, an apocalypse party, because yeah. it's like, you know, we can't just not see you anymore because we don't mm-hmm. go to work. Like, I see right, you seven right. days a week. You're my family. You're my friend. Yeah. And, you know, we're all in this together, so let's show that we're all in this together. And we... We had unity from it. And from that, my business caught a lot of backlash because they're like, oh, he's being irresponsible. I am a chef. I am one of the cleanest, most responsible people mm. you ever meet. I washed my hands 150 times it a day. It was actually pretty entertaining I I because we all home. wore Tyvek suits and gloves <laughs> and masks for this party. We painted it, it was amazing. <laughs> we drew on them. Like mine had Mr. They all had not. They all, all had you know symbols and signs and. That's awesome. The That's one awesome. good thing about this COVID pandemic that I believe has come about. Number one, we're talking about being at home with your families and stuff. That's time we don't usually get. Yeah, that's that true. is another, to be that, with your family. That is another point that well, I got to know my kids again. Yeah, right. and you a know? lot of people yeah. had to be really ingenuitive and come yeah. up with something that they've never done before. You know, yeah. like my husband talking about doing home remodeling. He's never done home remodeling. Mm-hmm. He's learning so much. But we had to step up and think about, okay, what are the things we take for granted? Okay, I've got a job. I go to my job every day. I know my paycheck is coming. 
oops, now I don't have, oh, what, what do I do now? now? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. a lot of people have really had to step up and actually put that forward into what would I do if? Yeah. yeah before we go, I, I wanted to say something, James. I gave you a, a open question there, and, and most people would have used it as a promotional opportunity, but you you talked about the bigger picture and not just what you're going through but all small businesses and i wanted to give you respect like well thank you yeah i appreciate it well i just you know i feel everybody's pain you know i'm not first of all i i've come to believe that i'm only as good as the people i surround myself with and and that's the way i look at my my home life and that's the way i look at my business life you know yes i am the executive chef yes i am the one that's writing the menus yes i am the one that that does all the planning and writes out the contracts and talks to the client and all of that. But when it comes down to it, if I didn't have her next to me doing, taking no care guys. of the paperwork and <laughs> taking right, care right, of the baking right, and, yeah. and helping me out with prep. And then my sous chef that I bring in from time to time when I need her. And you know, I have other chefs that will do wedding cakes and then I have bartenders and these people are, they're my lifeline. And I know that when I, you know, when I plan a wedding for 250 people, I can name you the eight people that I'm bringing in on that because their loyalty to this business and their loyalty to the art of this business is, is exactly like mine. It runs parallel with me. So I understand that I can't do all this alone. You know, if without Wahoo's, I can't get fresh seafood every Monday night. HEB is great. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. There are some things that I get from HEB that I don't buy from Scott. Because oh, you I, have to, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. not only that, but sometimes they have maybe have a little bit better product, you know. And it's, okay, and, and I shop cool. around. And, and I like that you said, James. I <laughs> like that you said sometimes they have a little bit better product versus right. sometimes they have a little bit better price. Right, right. And it's you know, and and it's kind of like this, you know. I don't. My clients don't really care about price if I'm doing high end seafood. Mm. You know, they want me to buy them the best scallops I can buy them. Now, if I can get them for two dollars cheaper from over here, but the quality's not there, I'm not going to buy those scallops. Right, right. I'm going to pay the expense, and I'm going to tell my client why I did, and they're going to appreciate it when they eat it. And that's the way I look at it. So, you know, I don't, I'm not into promoting like self promotion. I'm more into we need to do this. You know, I'm part of a business network. It's not just my business that suffers. It's everyone's business that suffers. Yeah. It's there Mikey's garden. It's the farmer's that. market mm -hmm. that suffered. Yeah, because if you're not, if you're not. Right. If, if you're not working, then they're not working. Right. Or, or their product just sits there and goes bad. Right. You know, and these guys make amazing products. You know, a girl can green. She actually lives out by my house south of Kerrville. And I get greens for her every Wednesday for Wild Hair Bistro in Fredericksburg. I did some chef consulting with them a while back and hired them a crew, which is a great crew. I just talked to Marguerite this morning, the owner, and I get Girl Can Green greens for them every Wednesday. They get their new greens. So it's a, you know, it's a matter of I'm still trying to promote the small businesses and, and put them in places that I'd gone and helped prior that I no longer help, but I still have good rapport with because I did what they asked me to do, community. you know, so good. That's how it should It be. is definitely community. It's what it's about. It it's is. what we're about. All right. James Pierce and Joyce Pierce from Chef for Hire. Uh, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, again, our business number is 830-496-1466. That's also my personal cell. Okay. Um, and then I have a website, which is chef for hire slash vigilante okay. com. 
And I'm also on Facebook under Chef or Hire. So you can get a hold of me any of those three ways. And uh, we look forward to serving our community and helping out any way we can. So That's amazing. James and Joyce Pierce from uh, Chef for Hire. Thank you so much. I want to give a big shout-out to Jam Broadcasting for allowing us to do this podcast here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Every week. Yeah. And uh, great people. And uh, a huge shout-out to Jam Broadcasting. You got anything, John, that you want to add real quick before we go? No, it was just a great podcast. Chef for Hire. You want your Thanksgiving meal made. Um, High-quality Chef for Hire. Um, we're all about the small business. Now, this podcast will drop Sunday morning. They always drop on Sunday morning. So okay. um, so that's when people will start start hearing the podcast. Uh, I want to thank you all for coming in. Uh, next week is the last week of season one of this podcast. And who do and we have? We have Chris Wilkinson with First Elite Training. Don't don't quote me on that. But Chris okay. Wilkinson, he, he's a personal the trainer. trainer. The online virtual, person. Virtual yes. personal trainer. Yeah, oh, that's nice. going to be cool. So. All right, well, uh, we'll catch you next week. This has been the Kerrville Small Business Network podcast. I'm Mike Taylor. And John Barrera.